of Mr. Nice Guy, Ben Slowey here. Today on the show, uh, I got my really good old friend who is in town this weekend. Uh, he and I were uh, fraternity brothers in the Alpha Epsilon Phi fraternity. Um, he decided to drive up to Milwaukee uh, from uh, AE Pi headquarters um, down in Indiana just to say hi, which is very nice of him. So we've got Matt Sizemore in the house today. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you for having me on here, Ben. Yeah, how are you doing today? How am I doing? I'm actually doing pretty well. I'm pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> I've been crashing on uh, a lot of couches yeah, recently. Well, what, have, what have you been doing this weekend? I've uh, uh, just been hanging out with old friends, you know, just, um, I don't know, just seeing old friends like, you know, Brandon Bloom, Alex yeah, Sanchez. Shout, shout out to out those, those two, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you, of course. Right, had to. Aaron Rempel. Aaron. I've missed that guy yeah. so fucking much. I've missed Aaron too. Uh, having him on about a month ago was a blast. Um, just drank and reflected on life and it was, a, it was a real joy. It's a real joy just having old friends on here because like I feel like we're all kind of in our own sort of um, odyssey of reflection and, uh, and just like self-realization and stuff like that and it's nice to, when we all kind of come together again, or just when we all can just re, just uh, regroup and just be, just kick it again, because we never get to do that anymore. <clears throat> of course. I mean, we're all, uh, we're all starting to become adults, you know, we all, uh, to me, it seems like just yesterday I was like 18 years old, you know, just living in uh, the Sandberg dorms. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, down UWM, but you know. You were on the haunted floor too, weren't you? I was on the haunted floor, yes, yes. Yeah. I was on the haunted Tell floor. me about, uh, uh, did you see any things that went bump? I actually did on? not. I thought I did, you know, because me personally, with, uh, I don't know, I'm always that superstitious person about ghosts and shit. Just yeah. like, yeah. I, uh, yeah, just basically, um, I thought I would hear, would hear some stuff sometimes going on, but... Wasn't there like a priest that came up? And there was a priest that came up and he literally had to take a crucifix and bless the whole floor. Wow. And it was pretty... Uh, I remember when that whole thing happened. Ever since I, I... I didn't know it until he actually came that my floor was haunted. Damn. So, uh, yeah, but ever since then, I was just like, for that whole entire year, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that fuck me. I'd be like trying to get the fuck out up there. I don't... Yeah, but, um, well, uh, we have some Natter Days on the table here. Um, yes, uh, the very tasty uh, strawberry lemonade natty that oh, yes. uh, recently uh, hit stores. Um, and you haven't tried this before. I have not tried this. Honestly, I am baffled by it. Oh, man. I'm ready to see how these things taste. It. It's great. Uh, yeah. Doing some day drinking here? Day drinking, yeah. yeah. It's the only way to do it in Wisconsin. Right, yeah. Cheers, dude. <laughs> Cheers. Wow. Yeah, it's good. That slaps. I told you it slaps. That yeah. slaps. I love okay. tasty, like, sweet beer in the summer. It's, like, perfect for, like, being out on the beach or just, like, chilling on a balcony, hanging out with friends. Of like, this is the perfect thing to do. This moment sponsored by Natural Light? Not really. Just kidding. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, I'm still waiting to hear back from that ham sponsor that I've been going Ooh. after. Yeah, so, uh, hams. yeah. So. I got a t-shirt of hams, actually, uh, the other Same. Day. You got Beat it from the liquor store? <laughs> I actually got it from Miller Time Pub and Grill. Really? I was going to, uh, 
Want to go stop by and see uh, Ryan Evans. Shout out to him, by the way. Shout out, shout out Chives. <laughs> Chives. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I got mine from uh, you at uh, Gilbert's Liquor over on uh, Oakland Locust. Um, if you have a... If you purchase a 30 rack of hams, they'll... They would, they'll give you a shirt. Yeah, for a while they would give you a shirt with it, so that's how I got mine. But, um... That's yeah. one hell of a limited time offer. Word. It, it, it certainly sure. was. See, nobody in the South really like knows about hams, so it's like I want to get it and explain yeah. to people what it is. Right, yeah. We're in the land of like what, Sky Blue Water, something yeah, like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 There, nobody has had it down there, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Uh, I have two announcements, actually. Uh, two exciting things. So, one, um, I got a tablecloth now. Shout out mom for uh, sending me a tablecloth in the mail. Is it this thing? It is, yeah. Oh wow, this thing's just got it. Um, Shout out to uh, Mrs. Slowey. Yeah, Na Slowey. Nancy. Nancy, um, yeah. Yeah, but she, she's been noticing how like there's like the flaps on the table that like I pick at when I'm like interviewing people and she wanted to like uh, assist me a little bit. So we got this tablecloth here to, to chill on. So thank you again, mom. And second, Today is an extra, extra special day because not only do I get to see you, Matt, but you have the honor of being my 100th episode. I'm the 100th episode? You're the 100th episode. Wow. Yes. You are my, uh, you're my uh, centennial episode. The centennial episode. I'm, uh, that's an honor I'm proud to have. Wow. Good. Yeah. No, it's, it's so glad to be here. Of course, man. I mean, dude, six months and in six months, like... A hundred episodes is like that's insane. It was it was uh, I don't know. It's kind of like wild to like be having done this for like not even really that long, but just found a commitment in it, for, like in that short span of time, and just sort of you know put my head to the task of just you know getting content out, having great conversations with people, and just really um, just loving what I do over here. So like. Thank you to everyone who's watched so far. Thank you to uh, everyone who's been a guest in the in that last uh, hundred episodes. The real and, MVPs. Yes, the real MVPs. they fucking are. Like you, I do it for you guys. And if it weren't for the people who have watched and supported, and the people who have agreed to be on the show, this wouldn't have happened. And that's why it's such an honor to be on here. Because I mean, after I mean, I've definitely down in Tennessee. I've been watching your podcast. Um, definitely recommending it to people down there. Just I don't know. It's just thank you, Matt. I can't really name some top of my head, but there's just episodes that several episodes have picked my brain and gotten me to think in ways that like I really don't like. I really never thought I would before. Thank so. you, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I figured um, that while you're here, I wanted to, I especially wanted to, um, you know, have you here because as you and I, uh, you know, we understand very well, um, Matt and I. Uh, throughout our college careers, um, Matt and I kind of had a really intense bond over, you know, our mental health odysseys that we went around the same time uh, as each other. Um, and I feel like Matt and I have understood each other in ways that, you know, a lot of people around us didn't necessarily, you know, be able to fully empathize with. And like, and that's okay, you know, like everyone has... Everyone's got their own shit. Yeah, everyone and every, everyone has different degrees of ways that like mental health, specific mental health issues, like affect them in their daily lives. And like, I think that you and I just always really, we got really close because of that. Just you know, 
having each other's back, like talking when we need to, reaching out if we need to, and shit like that is like what really, I feel like, saved both of us for the better. Um, and uh, I just wanted to like, like, while you're in town, I wanted to just sit back and reflect and just talk about like how we're doing. Cause we don't. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a fucking long ass time. It's been a really long time. Yeah. Maybe so too long. So Matt, um, for one, no. So as you mentioned, you are in Tennessee now. Mm-hmm. Um, Knoxville, right? Uh, Knoxville, basically. Yeah. And then my parents live in Nashville now. So. Word. So. Uh, yeah. I guess. Um, how? So you were like you bounced around a little bit growing up. You were in. You grew up in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and then you came to Fond du Lac. Yep. Um, and then just the, was a, two years now, you moved down to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So I guess like to start, yeah, I guess I want to just check in, you know, kind of like uh, right up front and just ask you like, how are you doing? Me personally, I mean, I feel like uh, definitely I've been on a way, way, I've been on a way better path, I feel like. The past couple years. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, I've been pretty okay. I mean, I've really, you know, there's just normal everyday shit that happens, but that's just normal for everybody. Like, everybody goes through stuff on a normal daily basis. Um, you know, definitely, uh, of course, I got a girlfriend now. Nice. Can shout out to uh, my beautiful girlfriend, uh, Alex Call. Hey, uh, shout out to Alex Call. I don't know you, but uh, I, I fuck with you already. but anyways um that's going well um i basically just i've been seeing like a therapist whenever i'm at school over in knoxville um he's pretty cool um really i've just yeah i've really had too much like negativity going on i've started to learn i've started to learn how to love myself a lot better um Doing thing whether whether it's doing things alone. That's something in the past year I've tried to start doing is doing more stuff alone. Um, it's, it's hard. Being at first. being cut. Yeah, it was really really fucking hard. Um, that goes to anybody out there. Like you, if you really like, it, it, it's really just like once you deprive yourself of like the outside world for a little bit and learn to be comfortable with yourself. I just feel like that was so beneficial for me yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes I would go on hikes by myself. Um, I one of my favorite things to do in Knoxville is there's like a trail by the river. Yeah. I just go run and it just goes deep into, not really deep into the woods, but it's like along the river and it's just got a bunch of trees and there's like really nobody there. Yeah. And it's just me and nature. Nice. And my music. <laughs> right, <laughs> my right, headphones. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just learning to do things on my own has been a good thing. Um, I've really... So yeah, I just really just started to, I think I'm on the right track, really. Good. Good. Yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. Um, I'm proud of you for you. coming into your own in the last year, doing all that stuff and like, um, and uh, you're right. Like, it's hard to do things by yourself, like at first, because I feel like we're just so conditioned to constantly like, like so make everything like into like a social catalyst and make every and like we constantly sort of rely on other people to find closure for ourselves you know we really do like i used to be fucking terrified to like you know like if i like was going to like a friend's house in high school like i hated 
just getting like dropped off somewhere by myself. Like, oh, me by too. My mom. Me like, too. I really was not about that. I would get like <laughs> so much anxiety because I would be worried about like what if like every little thing would would worry me. What if I go to the wrong house? What if like they like fuck with me when I get there and like you know or what if uh, I. What if someone I don't know like arrives at the same time as me and it's like really awkward and I like don't know who this person is like I always it's it's hard to like um, it's hard because it's like we're so like stimulated and like we've just kind of grown up with the mentality that like we always need to like you know have people around us to like make things like into like a social thing because otherwise it's like you know Otherwise, it appears that like you know we're we're lost or that we're not you know or that we don't have friends to like you know surround ourselves with constantly. Definitely. I think because like I love doing things by myself, man. It's great. It is great, dude. Like uh, tr treating yourself to dinner by yourself sometimes. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've I've gone to movies by myself. Yeah. I've gone like dude. Okay, can we talk? I fucking hate. Watching movies with people. I don't <laughs> talk during the fucking movie, okay? Yeah. I hate pausing the movie <laughs> to hear what you have to say. Just watch the damn movie. That, yes. You're like, I, <laughs> man, I just, yeah, I, I, I prefer to watch movies by myself because I get, to, it gives you the opportunity to emotionally take it in on your own. You exactly. Know? So, and you know, that's where, you know, I remember in high school or even my first couple years of college, like up here I used to do it a lot. I used to always have to be around somebody. Yeah. I was always texting people no matter what. Hey, like, are you free? Oh, shit, you're not free? Well, is this person free? Oh, no, you know, I can't be alone because I'm, I'm not myself. That's yeah. kind of what I felt like. It's like the and fear that everyone else is doing something while you're not. Exactly. Yeah. Fear yeah. of missing out. FOMO. Yeah, FOMO. It's, it's a, it's, I'll drink to that. It's a real... Serious. Real serious thing that just happens with everybody, I feel like, sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even people who are, like, the least anxious or the least depressed or the least whatever, you know, mental health thing they've got going on. Yeah. Take the least person, they can even have that. Yeah. It's just something that affects a lot of people, and that's where, you know, that was one key for myself why I just can't stress enough when like, starting to do things on your own is because... It just helped me to feel like a, my own person, right? Like, I'm my own individual person. I don't yeah. need to let other people's acceptance of me define me. Mm -hmm. You know, if they don't want to, like, be around me, then that's 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 their problem. Yeah, like, right. And it's hard for us to accept because, like, when... It's like when somebody has some kind of problem with you, like, it's like you are... We automatically feel like, what's wrong with me? You know, like, why... Is there something wrong with me? Like, is there something I need to fix? And that's something that, like, I've tried to challenge myself a lot with in the past year is that, like, whether no matter how hard I try or what I do, there are some people that are just not going to like me. And exactly. I, and, like, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty likable person. I think I have you a lot. Thank you. Thank you. You are, too. <laughs> Thanks. But I think that it's, like, I feel like I have a lot to offer in this world and I feel like I, you know, I like myself. I I can make myself laugh. I can make other people laugh. I feel like I can, you know, I feel like I understand people in a in a way that like, you know, helps them feel seen and heard. Like 
If someone doesn't like me, then it's like, you know, maybe they're not a very likable person themselves. You know, like, like why, why do we, we yearn for the approval of people that are so hard to find that validation from, you know? And, exactly. and I like, people like that are just, you know, like, you don't need to prove yourself to anyone, really. It's like, you just have to... Exactly. You really just, you know, some people just aren't meant to be friends with each other, and that's okay. And, and that's, that's a hard thing I've had you, to You say. said one thing right there that really stuck with me is that you like yourself. That's a really big, yeah. really big thing. I can't stress enough either. Like, I'm not going to lie. There's times where I'm still not all the way there. I mean, that's why I still, like, go to therapy. I still, yeah. like, talk to someone about it because, like... I don't know, I just, sometimes I don't fully like myself, and I can admit that now, but I used to hide it a lot. Yeah. Like, I used to just self-loathe, like, yeah. and self-loathing is a toxic... Ruminating. Like, yeah, yeah, a toxic road to go down, just a very slippery slope. Yeah, and the key thing, though, is that even when you do like yourself, and even when, like, things are going well, still very important to check in with your therapist. Definitely still very important, yeah. yeah. It, it's not just a thing to... Get off of, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. just some, it's, you can just keep improving yourself. Yeah. I feel like. That's and, all, and it's always good to let some things yeah. out. Keeping it steady. I have therapy on Wednesday, um, and I haven't seen my therapist in a month. Uh, oh, wow. Excited to see my good old doc. Um, <laughs> good old doc. Yeah, he's helped me a lot um, over the past two years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that even when things are going well, it's great to still just kind of check in with yourself and, like, um, you know, not only seek help when you need help, but also seek seek help just to sort of like remind yourself you of better the, yourself. Yeah, like, remind yourself of how far you've remind come. yourself. Yeah, because that's looking in retrospect, like just like from two years ago, like how far I've came from like just whatever you know what happened to me. Yeah. Way back in, I mean, we'll, we'll probably touch on that a little bit later. Yeah. But yeah. So actually, why not? Let's get why into not it. right now. Let's yeah. Go so, and get into it. Right. So I have to say that, and you can attest to this because what, what we're going to get into. February twenty seventeen was the worst month of my life. Worst um, month of mine too. Yeah. February twenty seventeen was a nightmare I couldn't wake up from. Um, I was in a suicidal rut, um, could not sleep properly without waking up into a panic attack, could not, um, I was afraid to leave my house, um, could not, you ever get that feeling where, like, no matter what you say, like, it's the wrong thing to say? Exactly, yep. I've had that. Yeah. Um, that was like every interaction I had with anybody at that point. Like I felt like I was just going insane, uh, losing touch with reality. Um, and checked in, checked myself into the inpatient uh, uh, psych ward at Columbia St. Mary's. Was in there for four days. And um, when I first went in there, like it was like what the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here type shit, you know? Exactly. Like, what, how did I let myself get to this point? But that four days was probably some of the most important, was some of the most important four days of my life so far. And I would not be sitting here. I would not have the confidence to have this format to talk about it if it weren't for that four days. So, so that's kind of like, 
what I was going through. So Matt, do you want to speak on what you were going of through? Of course, this time? of course. So uh, to start off, like this goes back to the whole self-loathing thing. Uh, when I first got to college, I really my mind might be a little bit longer. <laughs> no, it, 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 was, it was like a buildup of yeah, things. context, right? Context. Um, I really hated myself. I was so anxious to want to be different things that I just wasn't like trying to not you know, trying to be something I'm not that I kept chasing those things whether it be just wanting a lot of friends or just you know being the coolest person in the room like wanting to be life of the party life of the party is probably the key context of this whole story mm-hmm. so you know started out you know in college normally just like drinking a little bit and then I remember you know, a little bit after first semester, started uh, started smoking marijuana, weed, yeah. ganja, yeah. whatever you call it. Right. Yeah, just just normal like college stuff. Just even just on a little bit of a regular, like yeah. like not like like I because I I personally obviously I'm for like legalization of marijuana. I'm, I believe yeah. it's okay if people Same. indulge. Yeah. fine. Right. You know, um, but what happened to me was honestly I remember it just like it was yesterday, like. December 2015, I tried ecstasy for the first time. Then mm-hmm. that was where my slippery slope started. Was it? It was it a uh, Molly? It was Molly. Yes. Yeah. It was, I was very at, popular at a, club drug. I was at a rave. Um, very popular club drug. Yes. Just you know, for somebody who hated himself, it really was like an escape from reality mm-hmm. for me. It really was. Like, well, I remember I, a key thing you said at the time was. You felt like you lived the song Time to Pretend by MGMT, which is like yep. a song about being a kid again. Um, I think that's kind of how you equated a lot of like that experience back then. For, like literally, like honestly, pretty dark story. <laughs> it, could, it could just be like a background music to that, honestly. Just, yeah. That really could have been. Yeah. Like, but, uh, you know, but that's where it all started. And so where I'm going to go with this to... Get February 2017, over the past, you know, I started off that second semester, freshman year, 20, spring 2016 was okay. I was just doing it a little bit. I never thought anything could go wrong. Like, you know, I'm still just kind of doing drinking and smoking a little bit um, yeah. on the weekends. Then fast forward to sophomore year when I got my own house, I was high literally every minute of the day Mm -hmm. i you know i got to the point where i couldn't really even smoke weed anymore to feel like what i was feeling i had to smoke dabs or for those you don't know just like oil or wax or like whatever for yeah just basically like 24 7 365 and if i didn't like if i didn't smoke it i could not sleep i was dependent on to sleep i was dependent upon it to go everywhere um, I couldn't be like without it. Otherwise, it was it turned into like my binky pretty much. Yeah. Um. So then on top of that, my drug use definitely increased a little bit. I started started uh, taking taking acid, LSD mm-hmm. or, or LSD. Like on you know, I started mixing the LSD with. Molly or yeah. ecstasy. I started the candy flipping. Yeah, candy it. flipping. Yeah. yeah, I started. I started dabbling in cocaine a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I, I was, I was, even like sipping coating sometimes. Like I've, I've done it about four or five times, honestly, and yeah. I'm not proud of it. Um, you know, like so. Really, just 
with all of this, I'm not really mean to make this story all about drugs, but like it's really kind of it's, what it's it very, played a huge factor. Yeah, it's comorbid for a for a kid who and a kid at the time. Look at myself as that who just really hated himself. It was my escape from reality. So fast forward to my worst month, also Ben's. Like he said earlier, February 2017. I you know I was just going to extreme lengths. Like I wouldn't even care. Like who I bought the drugs from, as long as I had the drugs, random people, you know. So I remember one night I went to a show, um, Excision, to be completely oh, yeah. honest. Um, Excision is a fun show, but, but yeah, like, yeah. it's part of that culture where like people like to do... They think they need it to have fun. Yeah. And that's yeah. one thing that I'll touch on a little bit later. You don't need this stuff to have fun. Yeah. You really don't. There's so much more to life. But anyways, right. yeah. February 2017, it's like early in the month. I remember I took it and I, I took it and I honestly forgot who I got it from. Like, it was just... I just remember it just, it just wasn't what it was. It mm -hmm. just really wasn't what it was. It... I just remember my whole world being turned upside down in that moment. I felt something in my brain snap. Yeah. It literally just, something snapped in my brain and I just remember I, I just remember like running around the concert, I literally thought I was gonna overdose. Like really? I, I thought like I could feel my eyes just wanting to go into the back of my head. Maybe not die, but who knows? I felt like I was gonna have a seizure or convulse or like just something. And I remember thinking, I cannot be here right now. I'm in, I'm in the middle of all these people. Yeah. My whole world just like completely changed, flipped upside down. And somehow I survived the night and went back. You know, and I attribute, oh, you know, I was just a little bit too fucked up. I, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't. Um, like, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't going that hard in my mind, yeah. but I'm really, like, that's probably the hardest I ever went. Yeah. Um, so just really unsafe use. And then I remember what happened again the next night. Um, I literally remember I took it again, just like to go to a party, to chill with some friends, to have a good time. Um, and you know, because I was dependent upon it so much. I wanted to be that guy that was like the highest in the room out yeah. of everybody. Right. And because for some reason, like that's seen as like being the coolest for some reason, which is a, a thing that the media has done, you know, like where, oh, I'm on all these drugs. I'm on all these drugs. Look at me. Like I yeah. got, I'm on all these drugs. Like I'm going to jail, all this different stuff. Yeah. Just normalizing a culture is not really right. beneficial to exactly. everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you want to do it, it's your choice. I'm all about yeah. people having their own choices, doing what they want to do, being who they want to be. But like, there is risks that come with some of those lifestyle choices, yeah. and that there's huge risks. And like, what you're about to hear is like what happened. I guess for me, that I never thought could ever happen. Mm -hmm. So. Fast forward from that, I took it again that that, sec, that night after the show I told you about, and I just remember that thing that snapped, it snapped even more. I got, I didn't know what I was having. You know, heart racing, my mind was just like, something triggered. So then, yeah. I remember the next day, it was the Super Bowl, Falcons versus Patriots. I remember we all were chilling out at um, one of the houses just watching it. I, yeah, I remember and, um, that day, yeah. Everything was all normal, but you know, at the time I was still abusing the shit out of everything. Like I was 
I was high all day for that. I was just, I had a little dab pen that I just kept smoking. Yeah. I remember I get home and I'm on my couch. I close my eyes after I took one like really big, uh, one really big smoke sesh. Once I got back home to try to go to sleep, because uh, I was dependent upon to sleep, I just remember literally my, I jumped up, my heart was beating out of my chest, and I ran upstairs. I got really cold, like shivering, like I didn't know what the hell was going on. Like I'm, I wasn't sure like what on earth was happening to me. I was so scared, and like my like pupils were like dilated, heart beating, like I said, really fast sweating but like I was really really cold at the same time and just like I was like shaking yeah uncontrollably like just convulsing a little bit so I remember I had to I literally just I got an uber to the hospital by myself because I remember both my roommates were asleep so I literally was just like uber da 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 go go to I remember I went all the way down to Columbia St. Mary's ER mm-hmm. and next thing you know I figured out that I had a panic attack that's what they labeled it as, because my vitals were fine, everything was fine. I just, I lost my mind a little bit. So ever since then, I've just basically struggled with panic attacks. And throughout that first month, it was really hard adjusting. So what happened after that was, it was just really hard adjusting after that to these panic attacks. I remember I would be literally laying on my bed, just like screaming or just crying, like, you know, almost every single day for about a month. And you know, where my story gets in, this was shortly after you got out, I believe, of uh, Columbia St. Mary's. I got so, it just added up all all the time. So now you guys have the context, it just, all the shit added up and I was so depressed about, I feel like I'd lost myself. Mm -hmm. Like I I can't be who I was anymore. I can't partake in anything anymore. Like I just I'm just anxious. I can't be around anybody. These panic attacks are just killing me. And like I was like, you know, I got so suicidal because of that. I really just hated myself. Like nothing was working out. Like Mm -hmm. people didn't know how to handle me either. Like not a lot of people did. I don't blame anybody because I don't really like we don't talk about it enough yet to even like I mean there's starting to be more less of a stigma but yeah well but anyways i basically tried almost tried to kill myself i remember yeah literally on my birthday like that was like the worst birthday i think i ever had it was it entirely the worst birthday i ever had it was just so it was my 20th birthday so I remember like it was yesterday i like had I just had, I kept getting these increasingly bad thoughts. I literally just wanted to like take a knife and just like slip my jugular and just end it all. Yeah. And you know, I remember after that, it was kind of addressed that I need to go. Actually, it was you. You talked to me about going to. We were sitting in Oakland Euros. Oakland Euros in the far back corner. I remember that. Like we were just eating a meal and you were telling me like about how I feel about my life and just I had so much negative shit going on. I was telling you about how it was just a whirlwind and I felt like I could not get out of it. Well, I just, I think I remember asking you, like, do you want, do you want to feel better? Like, do you want to, do you want to get out of this? Because it's one thing to feel shitty and like not want to do anything about it. Exactly. But you wanted to feel better. I remember, like, vividly, you said that, like, you wanted to, like, experience, like, you wanted wanted to to get out of it. I wanted to know how it felt. Yeah. I literally remember saying, I think I wanted to know how it felt to be, like, 
to literally beg everybody else who's like not like feeling like this. Yeah. And you yeah. said, well, I think it's really definitely time. You need to check yourself in. I mean, I checked myself into the. Um, I checked myself into the inpatient. Well, I forget what that was called. Inpatient unit for yeah, the, psychiatric unit. The technical term was behavioral medicine. Behavioral medicine. Yeah. I guess psychiatric unit or yeah. something. Because I was still doing the outpatient at the time, yeah. and I like asked you to come with me the next day. That's uh, what I checked. They did an evaluation, and then they yeah. admitted me. And honestly, that was the start. I wasn't perfect when I got out. But it was definitely a start. It was just a fresh beginning. It showed. It brought me back down to earth and showed me that after bonding with all the people in there and like talking to them yeah. and seeing the shit they went through, like or hearing about it, I didn't want to know what it was like to see it. But like, I literally was just. It was really good for me. It was just like a yeah. start to a new beginning. And you know, after that, I got out and. Um, like after that, I got out. I just remember I I finally had a therapist and. You know, like, I started talking to a therapist and a psychiatrist, got on psychiatric medication. Um, you know, obviously everything wasn't, like, completely all 100% good, like, yeah. right off the bat, but I just remember it was, like, definitely a good wake-up call, and I remember ever since, like, I'm not gonna lie, I've slipped up a few times. I've actually, in Knoxville, I've been back into, like, those, like, behavioral medicine units, like at over at UT Medical Center yeah. there, I, I I've been there twice ever since. Like that's so I've, it's you're gonna have slip ups if yeah. you're if you're watching this right now and and you don't and, and like you think it's all gonna be better after one time. There's gonna be slip ups, but yeah. you know you, you just have to keep going. Yeah, that's the thing that showed me. Right. I honestly hated how I was like with these panic attacks, but I've honestly just learned to deal with them. Um, yeah. I know it's too soon to touch on this, but just lifestyle choices, if uh, I can go into that. Yeah, Yeah, sure. There's been a lot of, like, lifestyle choices I've definitely had to take to be better, too. It's it's realizing the things that you struggled with and hitting them straight on the head. The triggers. I realized that my substance abuse was something that was definitely something that uh, triggered a lot of this stuff, obviously. Like, literally one night of doing drugs caused this. And, you know, I've taken so much better steps. I feel like, you know, I don't, I I stopped smoking marijuana. I haven't haven't smoked it in a year and a half, probably. Mm -hmm. I obviously, after that, it took a couple months, honestly, after getting out of the hospital, but I stopped doing, stopped doing drugs. Honestly, you know me, I don't really get drunk anymore either. I just, you know, having a couple brewskis is just fine by me and just yeah. relaxing. Yeah. Um, I, I run. I try to eat healthier. Because um, kind of, because like for me, it's like the gut brain thing in psychology where like, you yeah. know, if you eat like shit, your brain is going to feel like shit, at least for me. Yeah. But um, eating healthier, running, working out, just things to gain my confidence and it's really taken me a long way. Yeah. Like, you know, it, drinking a lot of water. Drinking water. Is, Hydration. Yes. I even have a cup of water right here, just in case right. I feel the need to. Yeah, drinking water. Really, like people make like jokes out of it, but it really is fucking real. I drink a lot more water than I used to. I do too. Feeling so hydrated is so good. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Matt. Like that. No like. 
the idea, like just the whole thing is like, you could help just one person, you know, exactly. that sees this. Um, and I like, and like, I care, like, because like, you know, we are around each other so much and like, you know, with, excuse me. <laughs> Your excuse, my yeah, sir. Thank you. Uh, with, the, with the fraternity and everything, like, you know, we were around each other a lot. And, like, I'm, like, like, I consider myself an empath. And, like, I feel things really fucking powerfully, like, emotionally. And I absorb the emotions from other people when they, like, feel down or angry or sad or just something's wrong with them. Like, and I felt really intensely, like, I wanted to, like, help you so bad. Because, yeah. like, I knew that what... I knew you were going through a rough time and like it kills me to see someone I care about a lot enduring demons that I, that I can't fathom, you know? That's something that stuck with me is I realized I hurt a lot of people by being so self-destructive. You hated to see that. All my fraternity brothers hated to see that. Like a lot of my friends hated to see that. Like my parents yeah. hated to see that. They were worried the most out, yeah. out of them. Um, you know, just the people I love and care about that, you know, I, I just really had it. You know, you have to, you know, the way I think about it now, there's one show that has worded this perfectly. Yeah. And that's Bojack Horseman. Shout out Bojack. Shout out to you. you. know, one moment that stuck, if you've seen the show, one moment that stuck with me is, I, I don't know if it's season three or four, I forget, but it's when he's standing with Todd out on the deck mm -hmm. and Todd just goes off. He says like... You have to want to be better. You cannot keep doing shitty things and then feel bad about it like it's going to be okay or something. Mm -hmm. He literally says that verbatim. And like that, that stuck with me. Like a show, a little show about an anthropomorphic horse yeah, that talks yeah, right. with a talking cat, a talking dog, and like humans interacting with them. Yeah, yeah. You never think you could get like a life lesson out of something like that. But yeah. it, I really have like that. But that's how amazing, like, absurdist comedy can be. Like, it's a real fucking show that deals with real-ass life shit. Really. And that, that show's really... But, like, my whole point time back, back, back into real life, too, is now I'm just, like, the show, like... You really do. You have to, you ha everybody has to want to be better. Because, like, really, you're doing more harm to yourself and, like, everybody around you by not getting help. Like, you, you really are. Like, yeah. you're, you're doing, like... You know, and obviously, like, it's also not, like, your fault by any means, but you can definitely stop this, like, yeah. hurting. Right. You know, I'm not, if you're out there and you're struggling with these issues, mm. I'm not here, I'm not bashing you down or anything, because I, you know, I've all, out of all people, I've definitely made a lot of people worried for me, worried sick, and it's just, you have to want to be better, because it'll help you, it'll help everybody around you, it'll help, like, your interactions with people. Yeah. Um, you know, because other than that, you're just driving people away. Yeah. And I, another, also like, a lot of it comes with self-awareness too. Just like knowing what your triggers are, knowing what your issues are, because this is one that I know you've talked to me about, one that hits home for you, but also something I've struggled really intensely with is like, being a hypochondriac. Yeah, exactly. Um, worrying about every little thing that could be wrong with you and like being terrified of like what the consequences are. And like, I remember before like I was diagnosed and it like, so like 
I've been like in when I was in the ho- in the hospital, like I was diagnosed with uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, generalized anxiety, and borderline personality disorder. Those three things, like I feel like, made my life make so much more sense. Um, and like I, it made me not worry so much about every little thing that could be diagnosed in me. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it didn't help studying psych. When yep. we're learning about all the mental disorders and I'm oh like constantly gosh. self-diagnosing like thinking, myself. Am I, am I losing my mind? Like, yeah. Am I schizophrenic or yeah. like bipolar or right. this or that? You're like, worrying about like, oh man, like I think I have that, you know? And like, that's even the professor. I remember the professors would, you know, you and me were in one of the same classes. Yeah. I remember she and then one of my abnormal psych professors would say like, now listen, like this doesn't mean you have this yeah. if you get some of these symptoms. They take away from your ability to like live a normal, yeah. like, what's considered normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Exactly. So like, yeah, I think that, because like I, I've, and like you said earlier, like, um, I've definitely slipped up too, like. Even this past week, um, I had uh, my anxiety built up really bad this past week um, in ways that I felt like I hadn't, um, in ways that I hadn't really like felt in a while. But I realized that the reason was because I haven't checked in with myself. You know, I was just this past week has been insane with fitting episodes in, balancing that with work. You know, like. Trying to do so fucking much at once, um, which has been my escape mechanism for a while, is just trying to keep myself so distracted and busy all the time so that I don't have time to think about my demons. But, you know, it it kind of backfires sometimes, and it's like, well, and like literally on Thursday, I was like, like having all this anxiety and stuff. I'm like, well, I really fucking need to like talk to somebody and need to see my therapist. I talked to my mom on Friday helped me immensely. Like, I talked to my mom a lot about stuff I'm going through and like, she, like just talking to her and just getting everything out was so immensely powerful. Having a supportive group of people, there's a lot of different people. Like, if I didn't like have the support group I had here when all that shit went down with me in February of 2017, I don't know where I'd be. There's so many different people. Like, just like there's, there's like you, I mean, Aaron Rempel is a good oh, guy. Yeah. I mean, Aaron is, okay, I want to like have a moment to say that Aaron Rempel is one of the sweetest and most positive people I've ever met. One of the guys that's really changed like my life. Yeah. Like, I'm so thankful I met him and you. And Thank you, Matt. You know, there's <laughs> you another too. person as well, like, another guy who really helped me just during this time that we became such, you know, just good friends because he just, he helped me a lot, I feel like, was Riley Ellingson. Shout out Riley. Um, um, Riley's great. Yeah, yeah, I miss Riley a lot. Yeah. So like, I know you're seeing him after. <laughs> I'm, this. I'm about to see him after this, yeah. but like, uh, no, literally, like him, and then like you know Brandon and Seinfeld, like everybody that is the rest of the fraternity. Like, it just there's so many people. A lot of my friends outside of it too. There's so many people that were behind me on this yeah. that wanted me to you know were, were rooting for me, like cheering for me on the sidelines all along, like you know wanting me to definitely like get the help I needed yeah just so many people that guided me and that's um, true fraternity I feel like that's what being that's what being in a fraternity is all about exactly. like you know we often make the connotation that you know fraternities all they care about are partying and just you know yeah. living this 
Definitely a negative connotation. Yeah, living a, a living a superficial lifestyle that only cares about getting laid, getting drunk, and doing all this dumb and shit. And it's really not. But like, I think that like we bonded really intensely just through our meetings and talking about how our weeks were and like letting each other know like when something was going on. Because like, you know, that's really what a fraternity is and what it should be. Is like the fact that like, you know. We're in this because it's not, you know, it's not all about one person. It's about the group itself, and we're a family, you know, and, like, that's how it should be treated. And, like, while, you know, like, I've had my issues, like, for this reason or that reason with certain people that, you know, may have been in our fraternity, it still is, like, the whole idea that, well, you know, I joined this because I wanted to learn something about myself, and I wanted to feel like... I belonged to a group mm-hmm. that accepted me and didn't look at me differently because I deal with these issues. And exactly, you know, and also like I lived with Ryan Evans for a year, <laughs> and Ryan is honestly like he kept me very grounded when we lived together because like Ryan like would always check in with me and make sure that I was doing okay, and like he wanted to like always make sure that I was like. You know, he was always really good about that. Yeah, yeah. He always just he always like made sure that I was okay, and like I really appreciate Ryan for that. That's why like I love him so much. And even though I never see a lot of these guys anymore, like I don't either, but they still have a near but they, place in my heart. Yeah, they have a big part in my heart, and they always will. So there's um, a lot of I have, I have a good base at Tennessee too. By the way, there's a, there's a lot of people that. Uh, that, that really do truly uh yeah give a couple shout outs who a couple shout outs like you know there's um i'd like to give a shout out to uh left small ansky uh let's see who else who else has always been parker alperin uh johnny stout um shout outs to shout outs to ethan logue shout outs to andrew weinstein shout outs to uh Let's see who, who I'm just thinking of people at the top of my head, man. These are like literally the my chapter down there. Yeah. So just just so they're, they're such good guys as yeah, well. Right. Like they really for a transfer, I was so nervous going in there. Yeah. They really took me in though and they've really accepted me. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jake McCoy, by the way. I hope California is treating you well. Oh, yeah. Probably one of our alumni moved out to California. Nice. But um Good. Um, there's just a lot of people down there have been st- that helped me have have helped me stay in touch with my mental health. Yeah. So, I want to get even beyond, like, what happened in college, because, like, yeah, I think that a lot of, like, building a lot of self-awareness to this has made me aware of how this affected me, how mental illness and mental, and sort of predispositions to things. And from a societal standpoint. Yeah, like, dude, like, a lot of this stuff affected me, like, even just from a young age. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you. Oh, yeah, this one was college. This was, like, middle school. I was literally walking around my middle school saying, like, everybody hates me to myself. I I had this in my brain for a long, long time and did not address it for a long, long time. In high school, I thought the same shit. Yeah. Like, literally, I just did not, I really just did not have, like, I don't know, I just did not have, like, a sense of myself. And then I didn't find it until college. Yeah. Because, like, when I was little, I remember, like... I I was just a really scared kid, like, of, like, everything. Like, I remember, like, I would be terrified of, like, when, when like, my parents would leave me home alone. 
I would get so fucking scared, like that something that I was going to be in danger, and that like I would have to, I would put all, I would turn all lights on in our house. I remember another one, like if I was ever like, I was so afraid of strangers, you know, I was terrified that like someone was going to like abduct or kidnap me or hurt me in some way, um, and. I just like was scared of like always being put in danger and like I think that a lot of that kind of like sort of manifested into like a lot of my mental health issues is the fear that I'm always in danger or the fear yeah. that like I'm not in control the fear that I'm not that like something bad is going to happen to me that's what I always feel like I'm always like preparing for this thing I'm trying to stop is like preparing for like the worst yeah I'm always thinking like you know, oh, my, my blood pressure raises a little bit up, I'm going to, like, die. Or, yeah. like, my heart palpitates just one beat. And yeah. you know, sometimes that's, my family has a history of that, so it's kind of, like, normal. Yeah. Like, my dad even gets that, and he's really healthy. So, yeah. like, but I think, oh, I'm going to have a heart attack. Guess it's my time at, you know, 22 years old. It's also, I think, because, you know, Ben, an aspect I've never really thought about it until a couple months ago is, like, I think I feel like I'm like this. Maybe I don't know if this is with you, too, or other, like, hypochondriacs. That like sometimes we feel this way, especially in in a way I find I and I don't like it. I'm not saying I love it, right, but like yeah. we feel just because we feel like there's so much to this life that I think we still have yet to live, oh, and yeah. that's kind of what my fear personally is. I don't know if that's yeah. for you or anybody else, but like I have this fear now. That's what I'm trying to get over too. It's like I don't want to die yet. I'm only 22 yeah. years old. You know, I mean, two years ago. I mean, you probably recall everybody else, you know, it was, oh, I can't wait to die. But, like, now it's, like, I don't want to. I want to, like, grow old. I want to, like, have kids. I want to, like, grow, you know, I want to see, like, grandkids. I want to, yeah. like, you know, develop my own life for myself. Yeah. And that's, that's like, where that comes in yeah. sometimes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like, I, I do feel that a lot. I don't want to – I think that I've kind of found that, like, sort of my own – sort of where I find a lot of meaning in life is just feeling things. It's just feeling ways to like express emotion and like expressing emotions definitely. Yeah, like just feeling just feeling a way that, that is a thing that I feel like sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. There's go ahead. a thing that is you know, I feel like I really do need to touch on. There's a thing that for me I did not really uh, think about my mental health for a long time, and there's a reason why. It's because I feel like a, one thing that really had to do a lot with that. I feel like it's the view that toxic masculinity puts on in society yeah. about like yeah, we, you know you're weak. you're just a yeah. you're a pussy if you talk about shit, right, yeah. or you're like or you're soft or weak, or, and you're not. You're in fact the complete opposite of that. You're 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 strong. If you talk, if you go and like get help for yourself and you talk about your mental yeah, health, yeah. that's the thing that it, it's just for everybody. Just like, is that you're soft or like you're weak or, you know, like it's okay for men to cry. It's okay mm -hmm. for men to be in touch with like their feelings. Like, honestly, I wish I cried more, but it's I cry a little bit more sometimes now. Like it feels yeah. good sometimes. It relieves me. It relieves the soul. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just one thing that um, you know you're absolutely right. Like we have to the toxic masculinity is a big part of it, and that was what made me afraid of like opening up to my friends for like a long time about issues I was dealing with. Um, now, a lot of that has been challenged societally, and um, you know now pretty much everyone like I talk about this on social media openly about issues I deal with, um, and I know you do too. Um, so, like, 
and like without going into specifics and like I think that it's important to understand how things like abuse and trauma affect us exactly like from a young age and how that shapes our realities and our fears and our you know apprehensions we have about things that shape our entire life um you know i dealt with traumas when i was young um and they have made me fear certain things i feel like it made me fear abandonment and fear losing people fear just like how intensely my fear of people leaving me or people that the feel the fear that everyone hates me comes from traumas and abuse i had like I definitely had, yeah, I definitely had experiences like that. Yeah, yeah, like... We've gone through some stuff. Right, like, yeah, like, and a lot of people have, and that's part of, like, the stigma that is attached to mental health is how it's correlated with talking about it, how traumas and abuse have affected that's us. That's the thing, I think as humans, like, we all need to fight the stigma, like, yeah. everybody. It's not just, I know I mentioned toxic masculinity earlier, but it's not just that, it's like... I think as humans as a whole, we all need to fight this stigma of mental health because yeah. everybody goes through it in some different way. We all need to recognize that different shit has happened to different people. And, you know, we just need to look at, like, you know, whoever has gone through what, no matter what they've gone through, that, I just feel like we just need to be better about it. Like, mm -hmm. we need to talk about it more. We need to check in with our with our friends more. We need to check in with everybody. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I just, I want everybody to feel better. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of hurt in this world. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, it, I mean, and like, we're undoing a lot of fit the constructs that we've always just like accepted, especially as men, especially as, you know, men that have dealt with a lot of shit that, mm -hmm. you know, we were like, we're finding ways to challenge the fact that like, well, I like, I've like watched a couple of documentaries about how like, men have dealt with trauma and have been really afraid to open up about it and how exactly. like it literally like it can lead to such dire consequences if men don't talk about what whatever what whatever mental health or just health health related issue in general it is that it somehow correlates to weakness or failure. Um, it's kind of the complete opposite. I think it's a success if you manage to talk about it with somebody, if you get the courage to. Yeah. So on that note, like, so like, you know, I definitely like, you know, there, like, I feel like I've, there's been, there's been times where, you know, I have, you know, still, I still battle demons constantly, like all the time. Um, there's been times I still, um, feel like the world is, is against me and that, like, you know, I, I still feel, I still fear when I feel like people are judging me or like, you know, people hate me or like people just don't want to be around me. Like I still feel fear that from time to time, but I, do. I think that, you know, I just have much more profound coping mechanisms that allow me to like separate my fears from reality. One thing I think I really still need to get better at is just like not is to 
like not feel like I need to be, you know, the, the, the best at something like right away, you know, feeling like I have all the tools and all the skills right away, which is something in, in every aspect of my life. I've always kind of like felt that like I need to like feeling like that. I need to like know everything inside and out and that I need to like be the best at everything that I do or like, you know, that's something that I've been challenging myself and the show has helped me a lot with doing because I've had to accept doing something like this that I'm not going to be good at it right away. Like I'm just getting better. At it. Yeah. So I guess on that note, how, like, how do you feel like you're continually challenging yourself? Continue challenging myself? I feel like just, I'm trying to think, finding different ways to expand my horizons, whether um, getting out of my comfort zone, doing things I'm not comfortable with. I'm not, you know, a big thing for me is like crowds or something like that, or like, um, you know, just like do it, or also like, okay, maybe maybe not just the crowd example, but like, Doing like fun things that like I did never thought I'd do, like mm -hmm. uh, whether that be like riding a roller coaster I didn't want to, or like um, you didn't like roller coasters growing up. No, I did actually. Ever since I've like really dealt with panic attacks, I've kind of had a sense of I don't want to do it. Oh yeah, sure. But now it's like yeah, dude, continuing to challenge myself. Yeah, I want to get back to like doing stuff like that, or you know, even like. There's a lot more different ways than just that, obviously, yeah. but finding different ways to just challenge myself, to get out of my comfort zone is how I figure that I challenge myself. And anytime I find myself doing it and I'm okay at the other side, it makes me feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Like being nervous about, just being nervous about things, putting myself out there, like, there's just, yeah, that's pretty much like all I got to say about like continuing to challenge myself or continuing to challenge myself to figure out my own shit too. Like uh, continuing to have deeper talks with my therapist or yeah. continuing to get more in touch with my mental health, like on a personal level or even just with my friends or like I said earlier with my therapist. Like yeah. there's just a lot of different things you can do. Yeah. And that's just how I personally choose to challenge myself. There you go. That's good. Okay. Or also one more thing is yeah. probably working out, like trying yeah. to strive for better times on running or better weights on lifting, just different things to like show myself that I can keep pushing. Yeah. And that's the thing that if you're out there and you're struggling with just something or mental health or whatever it may be, you just gotta really keep pushing. You yeah. gotta keep pushing on. Like you, you, just, you, you just have to, it's what life is. It's what like we're, we're on this earth, like only for only a short amount of time. and. You know, you, you, you can't let one moment define who you are. Mm -hmm. You got to let your failures define you. You know, success is not, success is not like a straight line. It's, it's yeah. always like, I had a, my high school band teacher, I believe, had a poster and it's outside his office. It said success isn't like a straight line. It actually looks, what success really looks like right. is like that. It just goes up and down. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, totally. Um. Yeah, a lot of times I'll like freak myself out or worry sick, and then down the line I'll be like, "What the fuck was I worrying about? That wasn't a fucking exactly. big deal." And that's a great feeling, like being like, "Man, I was worrying sick over nothing when it was really just myself being trapped in that moment." A lot of times I've always struggled with like where I feel like I'm not getting a point across when I'm talking about something, and feeling like 
well, I didn't say something as eloquently as I wanted to. That's the thing I struggle with, too. Yeah, and feeling like someone said something better than me. But really, just, like, don't compare yourself to what someone has to say. Like, say yep. what you need to say. Like, say what is comes to mind with you at that given moment. Because you have all the time you want to, like, be able to say... Express yourself in different ways that you know you that come with the time and experience that you have like for yourself But don't feel pressured that like you need to like You know capture a moment better than someone else just because you know they're Because you already capture that moment as your individual self, right? Yeah, and that's where it comes back to you are your own individual You you can't compare yourself yeah, everybody else. and it goes with mental health. It goes with creativity, success, even your career. Achievement, yeah, achievements. Right. You know, everyone has their own journey, and you're not going to be the best at everything right away. You're not going to learn everything there is. You're going to learn things at different paces than other people, and that's that is okay. okay. You know, and that's why. And we all have our own path. Nobody's one path is the exact same. Right. It's not the end all be all either. You know, like, I get upset with some people sometimes when I can sense that they're dealing with issues that they don't know how to address. Like, I get upset because it's like, I want them to be better. I want them to be okay. I want them to address this. But I have to hold myself back sometimes because, like, well, I can't force them to. You know, I can't, I can't, like, make somebody get better. They need to want to. They need to want to, yeah. You have to want to get better. It goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, so, once get better. Yeah. Also, real quick, uh, take your meds. Take your meds, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's resources, there's mental health resources in your community that can help you get in touch with yourself and with what's what's eating at you. So remember to, if you need help finding mental health resources, just you know, uh, seek out what is in your community because there are there, they are there for a reason. Definitely. But don't feel like taking meds is ever a bad thing. Definitely not. Like, my meds, I've been on them for two and a half years. So, all right. All right, Matt Sizemore. What's up? Uh, thank you for opening up about everything and being so transparent. Um, we had a great talk, didn't we? We had a really great talk. It was amazing. And Natterdays, slaps. Tasty. Yeah. Tasty. The fucking good shit. Um, <laughs> all right, so Matt, as you close out, um, I ask everybody the same questions. Uh, so, Matt, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things. I mean, thunderstorms sometimes. Oh, not yeah. gonna lie. Uh, and those put me to sleep actually. Really? Oh wow. Yeah. Um, definitely street lights. Sometimes they peek through my window, and uh, roommates if they're uh, blasting music, making noise. <laughs> yeah. But what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Meditation. Um, definitely meditation. I have like uh, definitely have an Aura app okay. that helps me meditate. Guided meditation. Nice. I highly recommend it. Uh, and a fan. I always sleep with a fan on. The white noise. And I don't sleep with socks on. Fuck socks. <laughs> don't fucking... Okay, you're, you're... That's something I don't fuck with. If you sleep with socks, there's... Okay, you, you need a serious intervention. Thanks exactly. for being on the show. No problem. Had Thank a great you time. for having me. Yeah, so remember, you know, talk to your therapist. Open don't up to your me. friends. Mm-hmm. And, Take care of yourself. Yes, and know, know your triggers and also know what your best mechanisms are to feel wholesome. Um, you're, and you're not going to figure all that out right away. You're, it's going to take time to always. So, but trust the process, trust the process because you're here for a reason. 
Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.